Welcome and thank you for listening to episode 8 of Shiaspera with comedy writer and actor Mitch Rouse. If you want to watch Mitch talk about how he serendipitously ended up in arguably the greatest football movie of all time in Rudy, subscribe to Shiaspera on YouTube. For all show merch, head to Shiaspera.com and go follow the show on socials at Shiaspera and me at Mark Morgan Official. Thanks for listening, watching, and subscribing. My guys, what I grew up on, my bread and butter were Dan Eckward and John Belushi. The guys you watched. They were... You never got to act They with changed them. my life. I saw that and I went, holy shit, what is this? Whatever that is, I want to do it. Hello and welcome to Shiaspera, the show where we interview those who left Chicago, but Chicago never left them. Uh, I am your host, Mark Morgan. Today we have an amazing guest. This guy's a writer. He's an actor. He's a director. I think he, he fixes cars now. <laughs> I do. I will from now on. <laughs> this is Mitch Rouse. Hello. Uh, you will know him from lots of things. Uh, you... For writing, you've done a lot. You've done uh, Without a Paddle, you did. You acted and wrote Employee of the Month, correct? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, you were on uh, uh, According to Jim? Uh, yes. You've done a lot of stuff. I but have. my personal favorite, along with a lot of my friends, is, is Rudy. <laughs> I yeah. Still, still holds true. Actually, recently they had, um, they had a screening over right. at Microsoft Theater with the orchestra. Oh, wow. And I have a daughter who is now six, and I took her. Yeah. Just to, so she could see Rudy on the big screen. The way it was meant to be it, seen. And it still holds up. Yep. You know, still it's going to be up. one of those things when I die. I think that's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> it is the greatest. It's uh, it's, it's such a good oddest, movie. It's the oddest thing. I was, I was in line in Las Vegas for some, uh, I think it was for Penn and Teller. And a guy came up to me and he goes, excuse me. <laughs> uh, and I was like, hey, what's going on? No, I mean... I thought I had stepped in. I thought I blocked something. I didn't know. I had no idea what was going on. And he goes, "My kids are here," and uh, and I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm still not making any connection. I'm just a guy. I'd be. I actually be scared at that. Point. I know. <laughs> my kids are here. I'm yeah, but he goes, "My kids are in line," and I was like, "Okay, what's up?" And he goes, "Do you mind if we, you know, they they love Rudy?" Wow. And I said, lead with that next time because yeah, you're, you're, you're a little creepy. <laughs> Until then, tell me about kids in line. Um, but yeah, so yeah, no, everywhere. It's, it's still it's, still holding it's up. It's so bizarre. When was the last time you've seen it? Oh, Lord. Um, I saw a little bit of it on TV maybe two years ago. You know. Do you not like watching yourself on screen? No, I'm not one of those guys. If I see something, you know, I love... Uh, watching and 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 you know because you remember you forget stuff and then you go oh right that day right you know yeah, yeah, yeah but uh you were you have done a lot of roles that people might not even realize like the heartbreak kid is a great great yes. example there's there's that famous scene or whatever in the movie where somebody steals a bike that was you yeah, that was me i was um yeah that was in god i'm trying that's to a ben was in san francisco who was the director again? It was somebody you know. It was the um, um, oh, I don't know. I'm um, on the the brothers, the uh, Fairly Brothers. Fairly Brothers. Uh. Yeah, and I've I've known Ben on and off, and um, he said, "Hey, there's this insane thing. Just just come and be this possessed ex-boyfriend." I was like, "Sure." So um, yeah, <laughs> but that's cool. It was great. Let's see. Great. And by the way, I love that uh, life of an actor. Is you you get some phone call. You're like, well. It's a Tuesday. Yeah. You're like picking your nose, and all of a sudden, oh, okay, I, yeah, I no, guess I'll be on great. this thing, and it's forever great. I'll be uh, remembered as that. Yeah. No, I mean it was. It's always. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm always up for anything. You know, I just love. I love the business. I love everything about it. And there is not much I could do other than this, but it's it's. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I always wanted to do it. I love it, and I even the bad days are fucking rocking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's better blast. than well, you know. Car guy Ed. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, look at those dreads. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously this is about Chicago. I want to kind of go back because you were not born in Chicago. You were born no. in Tennessee, I want to say? I was born in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I grew up in a, a city outside there called Oak Ridge, which was um, basically, the, uh, they used to call it the city behind the fence. It was a government property, and that's where they built all the bombs, you know. <laughs> Great, great, job. great city to be yeah, from. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it was. It was a great city. It was oddly enough, it was like Mayberry. Hmm. Um, it really, really is a great place to grow up. Great place to grow up. But you decided to move to Chicago. Is this right after high school? Right after college? No, I. I and I've told this story before. I was in detention uh, when I was in high school. I got in trouble for a lot of stuff, but it was never um, for being an asshole. It was. It was just I'd think of something and and like I painted. Well, I painted the side of a girl's name on the side of the building one year, and and um, uh, great. So I would get what what would happen was I'd get in trouble, but then I would go to the dean's office, and he would say, "I don't, I'm not really mad. I just want to know how you did that." Or, <laughs> and so I was in detention with a guy who was older than I was, named Richard Malinoskis. And Richard said, you know, Rouse, for the kind of trouble you get into, you should go to Second City. Yeah, you may make a living out of this. Yeah, and I was like, what are you talking about? I had no idea what it was. And he said, well, you know, you like Aykroyd and Belushi and those guys. And I was like, yeah, because that's where they came from. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, so, yeah, you know, my dad turned me on to uh, Saturday Night Live when I was little. And he's, I mean, he's a doctor, you know, radiologist. And, and you know, he would say, you've got to see the show, you know. And I was little. And he was like, and so I would go to sleep, and then he would wake me up about 11.25. Just to watch the show. That's yeah. cool. It's a cool dad. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, so he would always take me to, you know, I saw Steve Martin and, and uh, George Carlin. and I, He would just take us to see everybody. Um, actually, we were talking about the other day, David Cassidy. Hmm. My sister, I ended up, I don't know how I ended up at a David Cassidy concert. Somebody it reminded me of that. You went to David Cassidy? I was like, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, so my dad, he was, he is and was that guy, you know, took, took a lot of good care of us. That's great, really great, cool. Great man. Yeah. And my mom too. They were just, they're both to this day, just rock stars. So how old were you when you decided you're, you're going to pack up and go? Um, well, it's, uh, you know, I sort of found myself, um, I went to Atlanta to learn about improvising because I didn't want to go up there and not know what I was talking about. So I moved to Atlanta for a little while. And I uh, worked with a guy named David Kenny and a guy named Flash Desjarnet, Charles Desjarnet, called himself Flash. <laughs> really great guys. And uh, we put together a comedy group called Elvis Has Left the Building, and we would improvise and do sketches and stuff. And so then uh, I felt like I was ready, so I um, called up my dad. I said, hey, you know what? I, I think I'm going to move from Atlanta. I'm going to go to Chicago. And he was like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know. This has sort of been the big plan and everything like that. And I said, can, you know, I think I'm going to go up there and audition for Second City. And I had to explain to him what that was and everything. He said, you know what? I'll pay your ticket to go up, fly up there. And I was like, that's great. He Who said, is this man? He's the best. <laughs> Mr. Rouse. And uh, so he said, uh, yeah, you can, you know, uh, I'll buy your ticket on one condition. I said, what is it? He says, I, I get to go with you. I said, great. So we went up and had a great, you know, weekend. And I auditioned and, and everything worked out, you know. And that's then awesome. I ended up link, you know where the Lincoln Hotel is. Of course. Um, and they and they used the word hotel loosely. Back in the day, it was. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't not nearly as nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a room that everything was brown, brown, and I didn't realize things that many things came in brown. Uh, brown phone, brown rug, brown everything. And I went. In, oh, and then the, in the bathroom, when you would open the shower curtain, brown shower curtain, the shower ring was so messed up that you wouldn't get in the shower like that. You'd go like this to open the shower curtain. <laughs> That's fine. Um, 
And, the, and you know, and, and the first room I looked at, the woman said, uh, here you go. And it was a shithole. And um, I said, there's no lock on the door. What am I supposed to do? And she said, well, just put a chair up against it. And I said, yeah, but what about when I leave? Wait, that's what she said? That was her answer? Without missing a beat. Hey, why don't you just put the yeah. chair up you against it? You just put the chair up at it at night. And I was like, but what about when I'm gone? And she goes, all right. <laughs> and so then she moved me to another room. That's a great yeah. I love how safe things were back then. Uh, oh, no. A lot of trust there, apparently. Or yeah. who they didn't even care. No, I mean, my God, you had to have enough nerve to go in the building itself. Much <laughs> oh, like, you know. Your dad's like, you're not moving here. Oh, he had no idea. He had no idea that's where I live. I mean, if he had known that's where I was living. That's crazy. He would have never. But this was this was where you lived? Or this is where you stayed just for an audition? No, this is where I lived. I oh moved there to God. go and then moved in the Lincoln Hotel because it was dirt cheap. Wow. It was, you know. <laughs> um, and you lived there throughout your entire tenure at Second City? No, I lived there maybe six months. Okay. Uh, which felt like six years. Uh, <laughs> oh, you are holding up against the door the whole time. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, you know. Then when I moved, I was in the classic room that was right by the neon sign. So I'm not, and I'm not kidding you. It was just, oh my. it's like a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. yeah, it was horrible. But you know, and, uh, and I, okay. So my brother, uh, a couple years older than I am. And now I've, now I am in Chicago. This is where I want to be and everything's going on. And I've, I'm like, holy, I, I'm in a shithole. I'm by the neon sign and it's going zang. And so, um, I call my brother and he's a couple years older than I am, Scott. And I said, Hey man, listen, here's the deal. I think I've really screwed up. <laughs> I think I've made a major mistake here. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, you know, here I am, and I'm in, I'm in this horrible hotel, and, and all this is going on, and, and uh, I'm here by the knee. And he starts dying laughing. He goes, dude, this is great. This is perfect. And I go, what are you talking great about? great material. Goes, oh, well, he's, he's saying, no, this is what you're supposed to do in life. Right, right. right. <laughs> and he goes, listen, here's what you're going to do. He goes, is there, is there like a restaurant around there or a fast food joint? I'm like, yeah. He goes, listen, here's what you've got to do. And he's... He is so serious. And I'm on my last few dollars. And I don't have the nerve to tell my dad, you know, or my mom. But I've been, everything's been going great at Second City. Everything's wonderful. I'm meeting great people, but I, I'm just. Yeah, it's a weird, lose my mind. weird way to live in. And he says, listen, here's what you got to do. And he's, I mean, he is as serious as he can be. Um, he went to, he's a, older than I, I am. Uh, he was a studio musician in Boston. He went to Berkeley. He's a great guitar player. He's amazing. So this is who I'm dealing with. And, you know, my best friend. And so he goes, listen, here's what you got to do. Is there a restaurant around there? I'm like, yeah. He goes, go down there and get packets of ketchup. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yes, get packets of ketchup. And this is, and he is, and he's so serious. Sure he is. Get a couple of packets of ketchup. He goes, and then come back. Is there like a mug or something there in the room? And I was like, yeah. He goes, you need to pour that ketchup in that mug. And then he goes, and you go in the shower, and you get that water as hot as you can get it, and you pour that water in there on that ketchup, and you eat that. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, because it'll never get worse than that. <laughs> and he goes, you're on your way up. Dude, I thought you were going to go a different route. I thought you were going to do somewhere, like put it on your wrist and like oh, walk no. around. because be, <laughs> He was like, it'll never be worse than that. Oh, my God. You're having tomato soup out of a ketchup packet. I was like, okay. This guy's a yeah. genius. Oh, he was hilarious. So, yeah. <laughs> please tell me it got better than that in that city. It did. It did. It got a lot better. So, how long overall were you? And by the way, how old are you at this point? Um, God, I uh, I have old enough, did you, <laughs> not old did, enough to did, know did, better. Did you, did you finish high school? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I finished high school and then I had a uh, scholarship to play football and then I decided not to do the scholarship. And then I was enrolled at the University of Tennessee for a year. 
I was enrolled for a year, but I only lasted like three months. Couldn't I mean? Gotcha. It just I knew out of the gate. So you're you're eighteen, is, nineteen. Yeah, I'm in twenty. Twenty. Yeah, maybe nineteen, twenty. So you move out there, and for six months, obviously, it's shit. <laughs> obviously, yeah, you, yeah. Your brother uh, took advantage of that to give you great ideas, mm-hmm. and then and then what happened? You, you how long were you yeah, there? Yeah, everything everything as it has in my life has sort of worked out. Uh, I'm an extremely blessed guy, um, uh, but but and it's 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 so odd. I um, it, when I got there, I didn't know anybody, and so. You could go to Second City and you could see shows for free because if you were if you were taking classes or whatever or if you were you could you could go see shows and if you you know clue them in and I would go see shows for free and then I would watch the sets and so I was watching the sets and at that time I think it was uh, David Pasquese, Joel Murray, Mike Myers, Holly Wartell, Bonnie Hunt. Um, Dude, this, this it was the great. greatest. The greatest. It was awesome. Tim Meadows, uh, Joe Liss, and so. And I don't really, and I don't really know anybody. All I know is I want to do this. And so I um, was at the Lincoln Hotel, and I and I wrote Joel Murray a letter. And I was like, I'm going to go give this to Joel, and I'm going to explain to him who I am and what I'm doing in town. And this this is the God's honest truth, and this is true. This story. is the way beginning. This is when I've got, got yeah, yeah. And I don't ha- I don't know anybody. I really don't. And so, um, and I have no idea about the I.O. or Dell or anything. Sure, sure, sure. So. I walk to Second City during, I leave the Lincoln Hotel and it's in walking distance. And so I go into Second City and I'm getting ready to leave this letter at the box office. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> well, it's next to ketchup, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just so stupid. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I, I literally walk outside of Second City and I go to the, tra- I literally take the letter, rip it in two, and I drop it in the trash can. And I step up and I'm heading across to go to Walgreens, which was across the street at the yeah. time. It may still be. And Joel's coming out of the Walgreens. And so I'm going, okay, this is fate. This is whatever it is. And so I said, hey, man, I don't, I'm going to sound nuts and crazy, but here's the deal. I just wrote you a letter to explain to you where I'm from and everything. Because I want to do, I want to improvise, I want to be at second. I told, I told him everything. And he, really? Is this what you want to do? And I was like, yeah. And he says, all right, um, okay, well, um, uh, where are you staying? I said, I'm at the Lincoln Hotel. And he said, hmm, you are serious. <laughs> uh, so, See? Hey, uh, no, if you think about it, that helps. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. And so he says, look, um, you know Sharna? And I was like, no. And he says, you need to know about Sharna and Dell. And I was like, great. So then he writes on a piece of paper. He goes, look, you need to call Sharna and tell her that you're a friend of mine. And he gives me a piece of paper. I'm like, great. Wow, this is awesome. And, it, and he goes, tonight there will be a class and you should go. And I go, great. So I go back to the, uh, then, I, then I have, I'm not going anywhere till the night. I don't know anybody. So I go see a movie. And I'm walking, so it took a while. So um, get back to the movie and I go back to Lincoln Hotel. And there's three messages from Joel. And I'm like, this is wow. weird. And it was back when you would write, I sound like a caveman, back <laughs> when you would ship on rock. Um, but no, there was a, a message from the front desk. There was three messages. And one of them said, um, I can't, uh, um, I'll pick you up and we'll go together. Great. I look at the next one and it says, I can't pick you up. I've got to pick up my girlfriend <laughs> who he's now married to, Eliza. And, he, and the third one says, here's the address. Go up here, but don't talk to anybody till I get there. <laughs> Great. Wait till I get there. So, okay. Got it. God so, bless text messages these days. Oh, I know. <laughs> it makes it all so much easier. So I go up to, I think it was Cotton, Chicago or something up there. And I'm just standing out front, you know waiting and, and seeing people and everything like that and here comes joel and i don't even know if sharna knows this um 
Joe goes and gets me and takes me over to Dell and to Charna. And he said, and I don't know, I've I met Joe for the first time. Sure. And he says, uh, you know, Sharna, Dell uh, says, this is, this is an old friend of mine, uh, Mitch Rouse. He just got to town. He's a great improviser. Um, he should be here. No, Joel's never seen me improvise. <laughs> just stuck his no neck idea. Up. He just went, and 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 wow. that that changed that changed the Joel, trajectory. Joel Murray helped you on this. Oh my God! And 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 I'm and I've told him a million times. I'm forever indebted for that. But he really just sort of uh, plucked me and dropped me right in the middle of the game. And uh, also too, I was known as one of Joel's buddies. But I wasn't. I mean, I just I just met him, and out of that and that night, I saw uh, Dell teach. And Sharna, and in that room was, uh, and it was dark, and it was just like uh, Timmy Meadows, uh, Mike Myers, Farley, Joel Pasquese, uh, Richard Label was there. Um, uh, just literally you know, the all-star team. It's yeah. insane. And I was like, holy shit, what is this? By the way, we should we should reference for people who don't know. Joel Murray is the sibling of the other two right yeah. uh, brian, brian doyle, doyle and, and bill bill yeah and Dell, you should ex- i mean some people who know yeah improv they know Dell closest but she's i mean sharna did they do this together or was it Dell? it was wasn't it Dell's bag sharna sort of from you know if you cut and paste it all sharna sharna sort of brought him back into the light a little got bit. it yeah. got it and and i think they helped each other out quite a bit that's very cool yeah and basically, from that point, so you're mm-hmm. you're in, yeah. You're working with all the guys who basically eventually went on to do SNL, yeah, yeah. Do you, you know, wh- where does the career go from there? Where's your first like big break? Or you you moved to New York too, right? Yeah, after that. Well, but then I was on stage at Second City, but I was also doing like, as you said, Rudy. We did Rudy there when so, I lived in Chicago. So I did not know that. So you yeah. got Rudy while you were there. How did that happen? Yeah. How did it come about? Um, it's a crazy long story that I won't bore you with all the details, but the quick bore version. Me with some, bore me with some. Okay, I'll give you the quick version. And, I've, and again, I've told this story before too. I'm doing a movie of the week with Helen Hunt. She's my uh, partner in crime. We're two cops. And Stephen Weber was a killer. Um, it was either called in the shadow of a killer or something like that. And um, so I'm on set. She and I are, are, are cop partners and, and there's a killer and we're looking for the killer and everything like that. And David Anspa was the director. David Anspaugh also directed Rudy. So I'm on set, and this is the truth. It sounds insane, but I, I, when I'm on set, I, you know, I, I hang out and I talk to people, and I like staying around on the set to watch shots and stuff, especially when I was just starting out because I was trying to absorb as much as I could. And I would, you know, check in and talk to people, and 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 there was a guy sitting behind, and this is the truth. There was a guy in a police outfit, little bitty dude, named Rudy Rudiger, and he was an extra in this thing. And we start talking, you know, and every day I'd see him. And uh, he said, you know, I, I'm going to tell uh, David my story. I was like, what's your story? He goes, well, I played football for Notre Dame. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, it's a crazy. And he, so he tells me his story. And you have something to relate to because you played football yeah, too. Yeah, I did. And so I totally get it. And I, and I'm, and I think it's great. And uh, he, he gives me the quick version of his story. And I'm like, holy shit, this little guy. And now this is either insane and he's crazy, right? Or this is an amazing story. I was lifted up. I was the last guy ever in Notre yeah. Dame to be lifted up. Okay, buddy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Have a exactly. Great week. <laughs> um, and uh, so he, he, when as things were winding down, he said, "I'm going to go." As the as the movie we were coming to then, he said, "I'm going to tell David the whole idea and everything like that." And maybe Angelo write it because Angelo had also helped with this movie. And these are the two guys that did Hoosiers. Uh-huh. And so he's thinking. Anyway, long story short, he says to me, "Listen, and if they do do it, you have to promise me you'll be in it." 
He says it to me. And I go, you know what? You get it made, I'll be in it, I promise you. Wow. If they'll have me. And he goes, great. Year and a half, two years later, I get a call. Here's this audition for this movie, Rudy. I don't put the two together. I walk in and there's Rudy. And he goes, hey. He jumps up, oh my God. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and then it all came together. And I was like, oh my God. This is, and so that's how I ended up doing it. Did and you they, know it was going to be as big as it, it became? No. I mean, I look, oh yeah, of course. No, I know, you never know. <laughs> well, no, you know? I, that's what everyone says. Yeah. But it was one of those things where it You're was hoping. Yeah, well, of course. And you had, and it had great vibes around it, you know. Um, and it was a good time. I mean, and, and everybody was in that movie too, you know. Um, John Favreau was in that. He was a friend of mine from Chicago. And Vince Vaughn, that's where I met Vince. Uh, and he and I would play. Um, There's nothing to do in South Bend, Indiana. Oh, no, I was going to say. Well, did, did you film any of it in Illinois at all? It was all South Bend. Because that's I think they did a, some pickups at the... When they were kids or something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. And also, I think the, the mill where they worked was in Chicago. I gotcha. think. I'm not sure. Anyway, that was... That's uh, crazy. Yeah. So you, you so what did you say you and Vince used to do what? There was nothing to do in South Bend. So we would go to the bar at night... And there was a Star Trek table game. And by the time we left, it was just, you know, VV and MR, VV, MR, Vince Von Mitros, <laughs> Vince Von Mitros. And it was our names. And we had, you know, we were the only ones because we were the only two playing this game and drinking. And um, yeah, I think there was, uh, yeah, there was a strip club in town and, and they didn't strip. So it was sort of. <laughs> so what know, did they do? Was, Everyone else is playing video games well, too? Yeah, it? you're sitting around going, come on, somebody take your clothes off. Um, five dollars for this. Ugh. Anyway, I'll go back to being. I'll go back to getting my best score. Yeah, so, that's crazy. So yeah. you and Vince Vaughn played video games together, and mm-hmm. that was how you got by on set. Yeah, uh, no, that was in the bar at night. Yeah. So yeah, yes, yeah. yes. It's funny. There's this part in the movie that I always think about. Um, it's specifically from your character, right? It's, I think it's your very last line of the whole darn movie. Mm-hmm. Um, where where Rudy's character is like, I wish that you could be there, and you have the most stoic. I I always wanted to ask you about this. You just go, I know. You for some reason your voice <laughs> drops fourteen octaves. I didn't know how it happened. Yeah. Watch that back when you catch it on TV next time. I know. Oh my god. Hilarious, dude. But it's uh, it really does till this day hold true to me. One of the greatest sports movies of all time. For me, yeah. it's one of my favorite just all time movies of all time. Just because I really. It's a it's a it's a heartwarming story and your character it's interesting it's it's uh, mm-hmm. it was also in a weird way relatable to, to certain people I'm sure in life who just kind of wanted to do really well parents pushed them one way or whatever it, it, it was uh, yeah it was just such a great film I don't know I, I, I you should do your kids have your kids seen it they have not how old are but your kids my, my kids are thirteen and and ten but they're not you know they don't do they care about sports well, I mean they've seen other stuff I've done and stuff like that and my wife's an actress too so they've watched her but they've not they're not really you know sports kids or whatever like that I mean they they are but they're not you know it's not like they don't have a team whatever. okay no, I mean well it'll come around eventually you know you have to show it to them oh yeah yeah, yeah. I mean if you need sure. me to I'll make the phone call they <laughs> they need to see the movie even for just don't even tell them you're in it just yeah. be like look we gotta watch this movie oh. um so you did Rudy in mm-hmm. Chicago yeah and then all of a sudden does that open doors for other things how did uh because i know you moved to new york eventually for you did another troop thing with colbert i think yeah but but what 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 was the gap before you went to to new york no we i stayed in chicago uh worked at second city and 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 also you would do you know movies a week and stuff there sure and the tv shows that were there and then um 
Amy Sedaris's brother, David Sedaris. So I was on stage with Paul Danilo, Amy Sedaris, Stephen Colbert, Ian Gomez, and Nia Vardalis. And so, um, yeah, and then, and, and so David, her brother, wrote a play called Stitches. And it, and it was me and Amy and Paul. And we went to New York to do it. We all quit Second City and went to New York to do this play. And it was only supposed to go for a little bit of time, but it ended up um, getting extended for odd reasons. We were, everybody wanted tickets. To the, it was in La Mama Theater. It was called Stitches in, in uh, West Village, and, or East Village. And um, uh, it was middle of winter, really, really cold. And people were calling for comps, like MTV and all these places. And um, I was planning on moving to L.A. So I was like, we're not comping anybody. They can all kiss our ass. Tickets are $10. <laughs> it's MTV. Buy your own damn ticket. We'll comp you. I mean, we'll hold one aside. But if you're not here by the showtime, we're... Sure. And so they were like, why isn't? Why are they not comping us? Do they not want us there? Hurry, we got to get there. Sure. So then it blew up. Because we didn't give a shit if anybody came. And then since we didn't want anybody there. And it's not that we didn't want anybody there. No, it was just more of like, we're going to do our thing. And you come yeah. if you want. No, I get it. And so out of that, we... There was a... Uh, producer named Nancy Geller, who worked for HBO Downtown Productions. And um, uh, she came to the show, or I don't remember how it was, but she had a she and I had a meeting, and she said, what do you want to do? And I said, I'm moving to L.A. You know, she's like, well, if you, if you were going to stay, what would you do? And I said, um, <laughs> you know what, if I could do a, a sketch show with my friends. And she was like, fantastic, you can do it. And I was like, great, never thinking she was serious. And then me and Paul and Amy ended up doing... Uh, a sketch show called uh, Exit 57 and then we were going to go pick other people and we said we wanted our buddy Steve because we'd all worked together in, in Chicago Steve uh, Colbert and so and then Joni Lennon was the girl from who I had known for a long time and she was at the Annoyance Theater and she's just great and really funny so that's how we all ended up in New York that's really cool Yeah, and then out of that so we're there and then we did that for two seasons and then everybody was off doing their own thing for a little while and they, or Steve did The Daily Show, I think, and maybe did Carvey's show after that. Um, and then Paul was writing um, in between stuff for VH1. Amy was <laughs> fucking making cupcakes and cheese balls and selling them to Balducci's. <laughs> and um, then we got back together to do uh, Strangers with Candy. That's really awesome. Yeah. So it was sort of uh, fun and, and, yeah. Do you still get in touch with all these guys? All the people On you've worked off. with? I mean, I mean, like I see. I had lunch with Joel the other day, and then Pasquese and I, David Pasquese. Does he still live in Chicago? He's still in Chicago. I, yeah, can't, I reached out to him, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm not planning on coming out to LA anytime soon." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not uh, planning on coming out. <laughs> Dead on, man. That's. Uh, but I, yeah, if I do, still my favorite rule is that uh, it's Groundhog Day. We we talked about it on the show before. Still yeah. the greatest. Um, yeah. But you, you still keep in touch with him. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I think you guys were good friends from back we've in done, the day. I, Dave and I've probably done more stuff than than we've done with other people. Because we've done movies together, we've done TV shows together, we've done everything. How come we never wanted to move here? Just curious. I oh, I, I mean, um, because he lives in Chicago. Chicago's great. It, well, you know? this whole darn show is about. It. Yeah. I was just curious because yeah. I did. He doesn't. I mean, as much as he loves this, loves coming out here. He loves leaving probably more than he loves coming out here. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not. 
speaking for him. It's just what I know. No, no. I, yeah. I was always just curious because yeah. I feel like even for myself, you come out here because you have to come out here yeah. in a way, yeah. and or or New York, but most of the time you come out here. And the fact he's like one of the few guys I've ever heard that actually stayed and, and was okay. <laughs> Him and R. Kelly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those, but those I, mean, he a, I mean, he's you know when he's not in Italy. No, but um, he's he's making stuff all the time. All the time, yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. While you were in Chicago, did you have to work a, a regular job? How did it, how did that no, happen? I, I when I lived in Atlanta, I had a bunch of jobs and I was putting money away. Gotcha. For a long time, uh, I worked at a yogurt store. I worked at a record store. Um, yeah. Um, so Chicago was it was focused solely yeah, on, on. I had come to stuff. do that. Did you end up li- moving somewhere? I ended, I lived across the street from Second City. I oh, mean, wow. I was in town to go there. That was the only thing I was in town to do, and I moved there to do that. And I thought I'm not going to move. I'm I'm going to be in walking distance of this place. Uh, and it I, and I'll tell you what it worked out. Um, when I was. Uh, I, I would go see the show. It was really convenient to go see the shows. And one night, Joyce. And I would go to shows, all, I mean, all the time. It was would, your life. It was, it was what I did. Yeah. And, I, and, and again, because of convenience, um, there was a night. It was, it was a Friday. Was it a Friday night? It was Friday night or Saturday. I think it was Friday night. And there was two shows. And so I was going to go see the show. And I decided not to go. And so I'm at home across the street. And I'm getting ready to leave. I'm like, I've been there so much, I just can't do it tonight. As I'm walking out and I'm locking my door, my phone's ringing. <laughs> this one, I, this door actually locked on its own. Yeah, this one was, a, yeah, this is a good apartment. Um, we had keys. Um, and <laughs> of, so, of, what an upgrade. <laughs> um, and the phone's ringing and I'm like, ah, and it might be my mom, so I'm going to go back in. And I pick up, hello. And it was Joyce Sloan. Mitch, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. Hey, Joyce, what's going on? She goes, I thought you were coming to the show tonight. And I was like, no. Nah. She said, well, um, uh, uh, do you think you could go into the show? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And she goes, could you do it in like 30 minutes? And I was like, what are you talking about? She said, well, Tim O'Malley twisted his ankle. And they're in intermission. Oh, wow. They need you to like they drop need, in. They need somebody. Wow. And so Jill Talley and this is before I really knew her and she, and she so it's, it's it's funny how things happen and so she's they said shit we need somebody does anybody know the show and Jill said Mitch is in the audience every night and watches this show and so they called me I literally pulled a wrinkled suit out and I ran across and I knew enough of the show and there was one big dance number at the end of it and uh, instead of me dancing, Jill said, I'll just dance with you so that when two people are doing odd things, it looks like it's planned. Right, right, right. So everybody was doing this big dance number, and then she and I were just... Goofing. Then, yeah. So that was the closing number, and then um, uh, I ended up, uh, instead of a, 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 um, a written scene, which I knew a little bit about, we just improvised, did an improvised spot, and then I knew enough of the other scenes that I could just sort of skate through them. Wow. And, that's how, and then I ended up staying there on stage while Tim healed and then I got to know everybody and then right as it was winding down with Tim to come back Rubano left John Rubano left and he said you know hey baby it's your spot if you want it wow. you know uh, and, the, and the cast asked me to stay you know because we had gotten along and everything like that so I ended up You've had so many weird happenstance Dude, stories. You, you lived across the street, and it's, boom, you I'm did. the most blessed guy you'll ever meet. But it's also interesting you had kind of had at least the the 
whether you knew it or all, but the wherewithal to say yes. I had oh, a time. Absolutely. Because, because there, <laughs> yeah. well, there's a lot of people who would say, half an hour, I have to go poop. Like, I, there's yeah. no way I'm going anywhere. Yeah. But you said yes to Rudy. You said yes to then all of a sudden, boom, you're like, there you yeah. are. It's pretty uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. I've, I'm, I've been a really, I've been one of those guys that's in the right place at the right time. Did you have any other hangout spots besides just going straight to the theater? Like, did you, you like eating anywhere? Yeah. Besides the strip um, clubs in South Bend? Yeah. No, I mean, I liked Nookie's. Nookie's. Was, Nookie's was a little restaurant that was down the street. Um, that I had a great breakfast there. And then I would always go to the last act, which is across the street from Second mm-hmm. City. Um, and then usually I would go to the Walgreens there and get... Uh, you like hung in that one little, that yeah, little no, pocket. That was, I was there, man. But you're really not far from Wrigley either. Not too no, far. No, I had friends that lived right there. One of my dearest friends, Jay Leggett, lived right next door to Wrigley to the point to where... You can hear it. You, you know, you mean you would ball would go out and land in his yard. I mean, he was. Oh wow! Yeah, he was. He lived there at the, across the street or next to the firehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. So, yeah. so do you ever get to go back? When was the last time you actually uh, went back? I to think this I city? went back. Yeah, the last time I was in Chicago, really to go there. I mean, I've done airport stuff there, but as far as like going back was <laughs> when Second City had its like a reunion, big anniversary. Yeah, very cool. So it was, I don't know how many years ago, but yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it was great. And let's let's do a little fast forward. So, All right. So, so so you come to LA. You you've obviously are you would you say you're doing more writing and directing than you are acting these days? When now? Yeah. That? Now, now uh, it's mostly writing, yeah, and directing stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What do you got cooking? What, what what's what's been going um, on? Just finishing up a couple of uh, scripts that I have and fine tuning some stuff. But yeah, I've got. Um, one called Circle Jerks, which is about a small town where these guys make crop circles <laughs> to mess with the town. And um, that's cool. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that are cooking. So we'll, are you are you trying to do more these days? Acting, producing, directing. What what do you what what's, where's your heart? Um, I like all of it. You know, I really really do. And I sort of I I like to you know come up with an idea. Like we did a uh, a show a few years ago called Factory. It was me and David Pesquese and Jay Leggett and Mike Coleman and Renee Albert and um, Joel's wife Liza Murray, um, and uh, um, yeah. So we and, and Rick Hall was in it, um, Bruce Jarko, which is great, and Chris Nelson, uh, another really funny guy. Um, so we did that, and we ended up on uh, Spike for one or two seasons. So it's just sort of figuring out. And then we did this prison thing a couple of years ago. I've called seen, I've seen clips of that. Yeah. So Pretty we're always looking because I really do enjoy working with my friends. You know, so, I, yeah. I always say that's that's the dream, right? You do yeah. stuff with your friends. You feel like you're not going to work. You're just going to play. Yeah, but that's also what we always talked about in Chicago. When we get to L.A., we'll all work together. That's tough. And it's then, hard. You know, you get to L.A. and everybody goes like that. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, uh, like, I don't know if Colbert is, would he even answer. Last time I saw him, he's not changed a bit. That's great. Yeah. I mean, he's exactly the same guy he's always been. And he, and he, I mean, a nicer guy you won't find. I mean, he gives a persona. You never know behind the scenes, but that's pretty awesome that he's like that. Yeah. I mean, but he's always, I'm, I don't think everybody's going, Colbert, what an asshole. Nobody no, no. That, well, know, I, I've never heard that in this town. I'm just saying in general, it's just one of those things where you knew him mm-hmm. before he was, what he, you know, the show now. Yeah. And then did, did like, for example, Vince Vaughn, he moved back to Chicago, I think, or he's in Lake Forest know. or wherever. He's kind of all over the... You haven't talked to him since you guys... Uh, <laughs> no, we've, we've talked a couple of times, but, yeah. It's just interesting because you're right, though. Everybody kind of... We come out here. I mean, even for myself, 
you come out here for doing one thing and then all of a sudden you're like doing all sorts of things that you didn't expect but is your your family your dad are, are they out here now because your oh, kids no, no, are no my folks are still, still in tennessee? tennessee my folks live in oak ridge tennessee my sister lives in knoxville tennessee my brother lives in nashville wow so yeah so, so you, do you go more often there to tennessee a couple to times visit? a year yeah you nice. know they used to come out here pretty often um but as they've gotten a little bit older they you know yeah it's right. not quite as um easy to get around they proud of you yeah, we have a pretty good time. You know, I'm going to go see him in a couple of weeks. And I saw him, I don't know, maybe a month ago. No, it's a, I, I love going home. My, it's, um, it's absolutely great. And, I, and, we get, and that's the other thing, too. You go home, and you probably do this, and most people do this. When you go back, you know, and it's me and my brother and my sister and my folks. You just go back to... You know, to you it. have that dinner one night, and you're just you're just all juvenile and stupid and silly, and, you know... <laughs> it's the best kind. It's the greatest. Because you don't have to... You're just who you are. Yeah. And you, you can have your best days or your worst days there. And nobody gives a shit, you know? Do you... You know, you've played a lot of... First of all, a lot of odd characters, too. Mm-hmm. People notice you ever and go, you're that... Besides that, that one thing in the line where the... Serial rapist apparently is with his kids. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was about. But I'm saying in terms of... You know, people notice you're like, hey, I, I saw you in, because you, you were in, weren't you in um, Spy Who Shagged Me? Didn't you yeah. have like a small role yeah. in that? But what happened, I'll tell you what happens. If anybody, and if anybody recognizes me or knows me, then they know me. It's not like they go, are you the guy that did the thing? I think anybody that, and it's not a lot, but anytime it's a It's a straight me, recognizable it's boom. It's specific. So I know they're a little off and a little dark and a little weird. Um, <laughs> what do you get the most? What do you get the most? About what you mean as far as the what characters, I've been in? who you've been in? Um, I mean, a lot of people know me from According to Jim. That's right. A lot yeah. of people that I had. Uh, um, but also, too, I mean, you'd be surprised about how many people saw uh, Factory. <laughs> I mean, I had a, I literally, more people. The Factory went to um, across the pond and ended up on Channel 4 on the BBC over there. <laughs> and there's been, I've gotten tons of stuff on Facebook where people reach out and go, hey, this is the greatest. And there's actually... Um, That's cool. Yeah. There's a guy named Patrick Ryder who's a director, and he had made the uh, the stuff for the DVD, the covers and everything. He mm-hmm. designed all that stuff. And then he reached out to me, and he was like, hey, you know, I do this and I do that. And, and uh, we've started... Uh, I've known him now through Facebook now for God knows how many years. And then we ended up doing a... He shoots... He's a director and a writer, and then he called me up, and, and we were always joking about, you know, eventually we'll end up doing something together. And so he did a, he did a short that's like 30 minutes long. And it's great. It's very um, Spielberg, and it's got a robot in it. And it's about this, this long story short, girl finds a robot that's, attack, that's attached to all this machinery and everything in this building, and he's been shut down. But anyway, she wakes him up. And he can't leave the building because he's tied to these machine, you know, plugs and everything. And he asked me to be the voice of the robot. So um, I did that, but then he eventually risks tearing away from the machines, and he goes out into the sun, and that's it. But it's great, and I think you can, it's on Amazon, I think. Um, but it's you know, so there's connections and stuff that happen like that, and then, uh, but yeah, majority of the time, if somebody knows me. It's because of... Uh, and they, they're, they're tied to a project, and they remember that one specifically from yeah, that thing. But also, too, like when we were doing 
like at the beginning, there's a, I did a cop at the beginning of Stranger Candy in the first episode. I did this weird cop. That yeah, yeah, like a, a mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look like a goof. And people will, it's odd because people remember that. Well, you were in Reno 911 too, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, you did, yeah. You did a lot of <laughs> these like little odd, yeah. odd characters. If, it, if they need somebody odd and, and weird, <laughs> throw you I'm in. your man. <laughs> Yeah. So you hear that, guys? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. So, so when you, you know, you obviously Chicago, you had that part, but it's funny, according to Jim, is Jim Belushi. Mm-hmm. Did he know you from the Chicago world or did that come well, from something? That's a whole other weird story, too. Because um, I, I thought that that would be a Chicago connection, but I don't well, know. Well, it was, but it uh, it's an it's an odd story. But... We had done a couple of sets in Chicago hmm. back in the day. When I was still at Second City, um, guests would show up, alumni and stuff like that. Uh, Martin Short, I mean, everybody would come. And Jim came one night. But I was. But here's what's wild is I was, my guys, the, the, what I grew up on, my bread and butter were Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. The guys you watched. They were. You never got to act They with changed them. my life. Hmm. I saw that and I went, holy shit, what is this? Whatever that is, I want to do it. And didn't know it. I just went, that's, you know, here it is, 1130. My dad's waking me up, going here and watch this. And I don't think he had any idea. But I was going, this is, this is different for me. And I finally found, there's the mothership. How do I get there? Years later, uh, to be on a show with Jim, John's brother. Yeah. And then uh, Dan Aykroyd did an episode. And to have grown up watching these guys and then to be there when john's brother who is and and i'll say this about jim the most solid guy i mean through and through just one of the greatest people people i've ever met he seems like a very legit guy he doesn't seem like he's bullshit you he feel like he doesn't take no he is i can't say enough that's awesome Uh, he i would do anything for this man um for a ton of reasons and uh, to have Jim, who I love and adore, and he knows it, to introduce me to Dan Aykroyd was the most weirdest <laughs> thing in the world to be. You cannot get... I, it, it was it was, it was was the most... It's like a life-changing uh, moment. Was, yeah. it, I can't believe it. Here it is. He's a legend, of course. I, <laughs> He's a legend. Fred Garvin and all these things he did um, on Saturday Night Live. And also, too... Blue Dr. Blue. Detroit is one of my favorite movies. Uh, I think I've never seen Dr. Detroit. What is oh that? Oh my god. What is that? I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> okay, I'll Go check s- it out. Rent it. Watch it. Dr. It is, Detroit. Yeah, hello mom. This is a doctor coming down I95. Um <laughs> I've never heard of this in my mm, life. So good. Um and just he's just insane in it. He's just insane in it. Um but yeah, no it, it was just uh it's a yeah, cool experience. Very very cool. Very cool. So and he you, and he was like, "Yes, you know the form." I know you know the form. <laughs> like, okay, man. All right. You know. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. So, so obviously, Jim helped you with that. Do, I mean, he, he doesn't live here either, and he lives no. in Oregon now, I think, or something no. like that. He lives far away from this stuff. Mm-hmm. Did um, any other Chicago guys you ever still, you know, keep in touch? I mean, Tim Meadows, I don't know what he's doing these days, but he was one of my, he was my favorite cast member for a while. Yeah. He's great. He's another one that's just a constant. Um no, he's doing a show actually with another friend of mine named Brian Callen. There was an offshoot. Oh, Brian with, Callen, the comedian Brian yeah. Callen. Yeah, of course. There I met was Brian an offshoot a of the Goldbergs. Oh, okay. Called, I think it's called Schooled. 
and it comes on after the Goldbergs and Timmy. Tim Meadows is in it along that's, with Brian. I love how you call him Timmy. Yeah. That's really, <laughs> no, that's really cool. Yeah, Brian, I, you've worked with in that mm-hmm. uh, that jail show or whatever it was. I think, yeah, I think Brian or so Brian was in something. I, I couldn't remember. We did a saying. thing called um, they have a podcast called Fighter and the Kid. Mm-hmm. And so Brian called me up and he said, Hey, you know, would you be interested in helping us with this? We, we're going to do some um, viral videos. Fox, they did it anyway. And said, we're going to make viral videos. Will you help us? And I said, it's not up to you to make a viral video. <laughs> make a video and maybe it goes viral. Yeah, exactly. So I said, you know what? Let's talk about you it. You sound so like a marketing company. Every marketing company, we're going to make viral videos. So how, how do you determine that? Pour a lot um, of money into it. Unless <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a snuff film. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, so we had a, you know, I went and met with him and uh, Brendan Schaub, the guy that does the thing with it. And I said, why don't we do Firing the Kid 3D? But it won't be 3D. <laughs> Wait, seriously? Yeah. That's that's the gimmick? Right, that was the whole thing. That's fucking hilarious. So we would say it's Fighter Kid 3D, but it's not 3D. <laughs> and so, But it also always opened up more of a conversation. We're going to do Fighter Kid 3D. Oh, my God, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> that's, oh, a, it, that's a great yeah. pitch. And we had some promo glasses that you didn't need. <laughs> so everyone's putting it on. They're like, what the hell am I doing with so this stupid. thing? That's a genius yeah. idea. And so we did that. Instead of doing viral videos... <laughs> We ended up doing, I said, guys, if they're going to give us money, I said, why don't we try to just do a short film every day and we'll do something different. So we had a couple of days to do short films. So That's we awesome. did a cowboy movie. We did we did a horror movie. We did everything. That's awesome. Um, Naked and Afraid. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Did you ever do stand-up? Is no. That, I don't think you ever did. Mm-hmm. Like, I never saw anything like that. But you did, mm-hmm. um, you've always been, obviously, in the writing and, and improv. Do you still do improv, just uh, other stuff? Like On that? occasion, you know. When it seems, uh, every now and then, um, uh, David Pesquese and Joel Murray and I'll get up and do something. But it's sort of, you know, it's a, it's more of a long form thing. But um, And then actually, Mike Coleman and Pete Holney and I, I don't know, maybe a month ago, went to, I don't even know where we were. I think we were at the UCB or something. It was a last minute, late night thing. And, and they said, hey, do you want to sit in? And I said, sure. We had a blast. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah, it's always fun. And you, do you include your kids on this stuff? Do they know all the stuff that you do? Not really. I mean, they've seen, um, they saw it without a paddle, and they both love that. And then there's some. That's a Seth Green movie, correct? That was a, yeah. That, that was Zach Shepard, Seth Green, um, Burt Reynolds is in that. But yeah, yes. so it was. Um, <laughs> but most of the stuff that I've done, they can't see it for yeah, yeah, years yeah. anyway. <laughs> so you know, which is really funny because. Um, you know, there's a ton of stuff they haven't seen that I think, you know, in probably five or 10 years, they'll be able to see it. And they'll just, I think they'll have a completely different outlook on me. But I mean, I've done stuff for, there was a couple of kids shows that they loved. And I it was, you know, lucky enough to, to go, you know what, I'll do a couple of those episodes so they get to see that stuff. That's, and they went down cool. to the set and stuff like that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I want to, you know, I want them to, I do stuff for them sometimes like that. But it's great, you know. I feel like you do a lot of impressions. Like even just sitting here, you do a lot, and they're they're dead on. <laughs> do you, yeah. uh, do you, do you not try to do more voiceover stuff? I would or? love to. I can't. I mean, I've done a couple of, of them, but I can't. For some reason, I can't get arrested when it comes to that. <laughs> and I think anytime I go into uh, you have it though. I, I I feel it. I know. Yeah, no, no. I did a I did like four voices on a um, Christmas movie called All of the Other Reindeer. Um, 
so yeah, no, but there was uh, no. I would, I would, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. I would, I would do it for free. I just absolutely. I'm not going to do it for free. I said I would though. Yeah. Um, just to be very clear, you gotta be careful. Funny guy making joke again. Yeah, literally, someone goes, "Okay, well, I gotta get this guy. <laughs> okay. I got this short. I, I live in South Dakota. I can make this happen." Um, that's funny. What is your advice? What do you say to these people who say, "Like, look, Mitch did all this crazy shit in his career. Mm-hmm. How how do you how do you even get there?" I I think it's different for everybody. Um, this is gonna sound horrible. No, say it. If you're doing, if you're in this business and somebody encourages you to quit and goes, ah, you're just not going to make it, all that stuff, and you do quit, you're not made for this. Then it's fuck you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, you have, because you got to have a thick skin. Yeah. Um, But if you, you know, uh, with Strangers with Candy, with Exit 57, with all this odd, weird shit that I've been lucky enough to be part of, lucky enough to create, whatever you want to say about it, I've always felt like if you build it, they will come. And there, if, if you think something's funny and there's something weird and odd about it, there are other people that think the same thing. So yeah, I would just do what you do. Don't try to be like anybody else. And I've been fortunate enough, knock on plastic and not hard because it'll shake the camera. Um, watch, <laughs> see that? Um, well, there's an earthquake. So um, when I've been fortunate enough to be on the other side of the table, you're hoping somebody comes in. Sure. Knocks it out of the park. Of course. Um, directors, producers, and everything, they're not against you. They want, they would, nothing, you would love nothing more than for somebody to come in and knock it out of the park and you go, that's it. It's our day. We can go home now. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, just do what you do. Do it 90 miles an hour. And, and why not? I mean, it's, it, I forget it, who it was that said this. <clears throat> and it might have been Jim Carrey. Whatever you choose in life, you're probably going to do extremely well or you're going to do horrible at it it's one of the two so why not go into the world and try to do the crazy thing you know because you can always fall back on something if it doesn't work out but if you're going to go put your time and effort and day after day into something why not put it into something that you want to do because there are no guarantees you know so if you have to get up and you're going to get up shit i gotta be there at six in the morning why not get up and be there at six in the morning for something that you want to do might be insane but at least you're there on the right terms. I've had the dumbest jobs in the world. I've worked at a yogurt store where I had to say, my name is Mitch and I can't believe it's yogurt. I've worked at a record store called Turtles when I lived in Atlanta and I had a green vest on. It was the stupidest thing in the world. Just, I worked at a tar factory. I, I washed cars. I did everything. So I was an orderly. Every single possible thing you can do, just do it. But, you know, do what you want to do to get where you, you get one chance. You know, and and I'm not really saying anything you don't know, but have a good time. Don't shit on the people. Don't be a dick to people, no matter what you do. If you're the fucking barista at Starbucks, don't be a dick to people. Just don't, you know. Put good out into the world and be nice to people because it's a lot easier, you know. And, and a lot of those people that you're, if you're a dick to a lot of people, they're, they're going to be a dick back to you. Well, people you know? don't realize, it, and it's true, especially here, this town is so small it, it people don't realize that yep. your reputation is literally everything and uh i i happen to agree a lot in the sense of if you're just if you're just a good person it, honestly you're like halfway there people would i've had i've been in uh on the the other side i wasn't on the auditioning side i was i was producing or whatever 
of people auditioning and there are people where you're like, man, that guy's a pretty good actor, but he seems a little like a dick. I don't know if I want to work with that person. Mm-hmm. I'd rather work with the person who seems like maybe they're a little greener or whatever, but I can get them there because I want to work with them. They're, Absolutely. they're nice, yeah. you know? But also, so, too, you're, so much time is spent downtime. Oh, of course. Not shooting. Of course. So you're going to be that's where you build relationships. Somebody going, Jesus, this guy's driving me nuts. But or that's wow, any job, by the way. That's any yeah. job, right? It's not yeah. just acting. It's everything. Yeah. And but, oddly enough, because of just hanging out and shooting the shit, that's how I met Rudy Rudiger. So it's you know, it's, <laughs> it's the oddest thing in the world. And look at you. It's uh, <laughs> look, at look, at, look at you. Look look at this face. I know. How did you? By the way, before we wrap up, your wife's an actress. How did that? Mm-hmm. How did you meet her? Another odd story. Um, and again, you, it's hard to believe. I'll give you the quick version. I was doing a movie. I mean, a, a TV show. Me, Brad Whitford, and Peter Gallagher. It was called Secret Lives of Men. And she came in and played my ex-wife. Never met her before, never seen her before. I'd already signed up with God and everybody. I'm not going to have a girlfriend. I'm not going to have a wife. That's not going to exist. I'm just going to date girls, and I'll be fine with that. Because the rest of my life was really, really blessed, and I signed off on it. She walks in, and I was like, oh, shit. Before she said two words, I was like, and I said to Peter Gallagher, who's sitting next to me, I was like, dude, I'm in so much trouble. And he goes, why? And I go, because of her. And so he sees her. So I can't say two words to her. I can't put a sentence together. He starts talking to her for me. She thinks Peter Gallagher's hitting on her. <laughs> so um, not a bad person, I guess. Not to be a bad thing you. to have happen. She in and and um, I could go into it, but she she played Mike's wife, and um, after she finally got words out of me, um, we real and I lived in New York at this time. Well, she grew up in New York. She grew up in the West Village. I lived in the West Village. What ended up happening, and this is the truth, and it sounds weird, I would get up every morning, not every morning, majority, two or three times a week. I would come down Christopher Street. I lived at Christopher and Bleecker. I would come down Christopher to 10th and Hudson, which is where she grew up. I would walk across the street to Taylor's, which was a little um, bakery coffee place. I would get a cup of coffee. I would go to the bodega. I'd get a paper, and I'd get a pack of smokes. I smoked at the time. Do not smoke. I smoked at the time. And... Um, I would go and sit on this bench and have a cigarette, read the paper, and drink this coffee. I was sitting on a bench in front of her in the front of the building she grew up in, and I was sitting on a bench that her dad built. And I hadn't, I didn't know her. Wow! And all that. And then is your life just called fate? It's weird. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. And you never met her. Never once. So not, never. No met interaction. Her. She lived out here. She oh. lived out here. And I even did a. I had a farm in Tennessee at the time, and we were shooting a cowboy movie. Her dad had a, a business in the bottom of the brownstone that they grew up in called Whiskey Dust. It had cowboy stuff and everything because he was from Montana and now he lives in New York. And I rented cowboy stuff from him, some chaps and hats and guns and everything to go to go back to Tennessee and shoot this film, short film. That was me, Paul, Amy, uh, Colbert did a voiceover for it, Dan did not, anyway. Um, and so we did that and then afterwards, so we had a ton of shit to talk about in theory, but I couldn't put two words together. And we ended up knowing a lot of the same people and everything like that. But I, I sat in front of her house in New York for a long time before I ever met her. But you guys, how did you even get, come to that where, where you put two and, and two like, together? where do you live? And she was, you know, she's like, where do you live? And I was like, Christopher and Bleecker in New York. But I was saying stuff like, too, I was like, well, we moved there. And, and I was saying me and Paul and Amy moved there. And me, and me Paul Danell and Amy Starris, we all moved to New York together. And we lived in an apartment together for a long time. So I would say we, never thinking... She's sitting there thinking, oh, he's got a girlfriend or something. And she thought I was, and she'll even say this too. She thought I was, 
you know, quiet, cool New York actor, which is so far different from what I am. <laughs> I was just taken by her and couldn't say anything. You know, wow. so I'd be this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just having a stroke, couldn't say yeah. a word, dude. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah, what a good story. And you guys are married how long now? Twenty years. Shit. 20, yeah, yeah and she's two my kids. Girl. Well, yeah. congratulations on yeah. all that. And She's the coolest. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Where, 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 oh, people... man. Where can people find me? Um, uh, uh, I'm around, you know. Um, <laughs> find me on social media. Do Mitchhouse.com. Always has something on there that I'm up to. Very cool. Yeah. Mitch, thanks so much. Really appreciate it, guys. Check out everything with Mitch. Uh, MitchRouse.com. Thanks a lot, dude. Appreciate it. Of course. Thanks.